My name is Parker Bennett, and I've spent the last 20 years helping people through the process of their largest single investment they may ever make, their home. From building inspector to real estate agent, I've chalked up a number of great experiences and strategies for everything related to the home buying experience. This podcast is dedicated to anything and everything around the Kamloops real estate market. Welcome to the Kamloops Real Estate Insider Podcast. Welcome everybody to the Kamloops Real Estate Insider Podcast. It is Thursday, January, what is it today? The 19th? It's the 19th. 19th. It is sunny outside. It's cool and crisp. I see a blue sky. I'm excited when the clouds are not sitting over top of the Thompson River Valley. Feels good. It does feel good. Mm-hmm. Feels great. Kind of feels a little too springy. I actually had the same thought. It was like, it doesn't, it's I love it, but it feels feeling. weird. Yeah. Yeah. This is, we got this winter still coming. Not January weather. Yeah. Uh, welcome. We got uh, Mally J in the house. Hello. And uh, myself, Parker Bennett from Marilla Page Westwind Realty. And we're here chatting today with uh, a, a little tidbit podcast. I know we have, I'm pretty excited about a podcast that's upcoming next week where we're going to be chatting about uh, recreation real estate. Given the certain situation that we are in in the real estate market, I think typically we talk about whether or not, um, you know, like when the market starts to turn, recreation real estate usually gets hit first. So um, anyways, that's coming. So I don't want to give any, (laughs) I don't want to leak anything out about uh, next week's podcast, but it's going to be a dandy. So tune in next week as we give a full recreational real estate report. And we're going to have a special guest. Don't want to give that away either, but we're going to have a really cool guest. Um, But today, Mm -hmm. today we're we're talking about um, taxes. My favorite subject. (laughs) Yeah. Super good topic. New... New, new tax laws that are coming into effect. Um, our, our government has made it an agenda, um, you know, a primary agenda. What's the word I'm looking item? for, Melly? An item? Yeah. yeah. They, they want to make sure that, that real estate, residential real estate stays affordable and that we have enough residential real estate for everyone to have a home, mm-hmm. have the ability to buy a home, mm-hmm. and that nobody's being forced out on the streets. And so all these new rules that you're seeing coming into effect, they're all stemming from that one initiative to try and make uh, Canadian housing more affordable. And this tax rule, which came into effect December 13th, actually, they, they backtracked it a little bit. Um, anyways, it is the flipping, residential anti-flipping rule. Yeah, get your mouth around that. Yeah. Ooh. It feels like I'm going to look at a bird or something, right? <laughs> Anti-flipping. Anti-flipping rule. So it's, a, it's actually just a tax law, and essentially, uh, this is the way it works. If you are buying a residential property for the purpose of a short-term flip. Which is defined by one year, 12 months, 12 365 months. days. If you're, if you're buying it within that 12-month period and you plan to sell it within the 12 months, even if it doesn't sell within the 12 months, if the, if the intent was to flip it within oh. a year, okay? Yeah. Then you could be uh, subject to a tax on the gains that you've appreciated on that property. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though there was some tax rules before that applied to that, 
this tax tax will be applied to as like it was a business tax. Right. Before you could actually use it as uh, capital gains, which allowed you to have a 50% kind of leeway in there. There was capital gains is taxed only on the, the second half of the gains. Mm-hmm. So the first half is, is free and clear. And uh, the bigger problem probably is that most people were flipping houses using the principal residence exemption, Yeah, which is still, thank goodness, that is still part of our tax law. You can mm-hmm. still actually go out, buy a house, live in it for 15 years. It appreciates in value. And when you sell that property, you're not going to pay tax. Because you lived in it? Because it was your principal mm-hmm. residence and it's exempt. But I will tell you this, there is talkings in that uh, tax world about m- changing that rule. Really? That would be oh, horrible. That would affect a lot more people. That would totally affect a lot of people. It would massively affect residential real estate. Right. Um, but hopefully that's just chatter. Mm-hmm. Chatter bugs go away. <laughs> so let's just dive into this a little bit because um, this is pretty significant. This, Even though this rule is probably somewhat ignored in its previous tense, meaning that when you sold your rec, whatever property that you bought, uh, residential property that you decided you want to put a kitchen in and fix up the yard and paint and flooring and maybe some new windows or whatever, mm-hmm. and put it back on the market, and you made $100,000 for the ease of, of calculating, that first $50,000 of profit was, was exempt because of the capital gains exemption, and then the second 50% was then taxed at, uh, at a particular rate. Now that complete $100,000 is going to be taxed right. at whatever business tax would apply based on how that business was doing and how they were operating. Um, one of the important factors in this tax rule is that they are going to try and clamp down on this because I don't think they had a lot of uh, oversight as to, you know, I don't think there was a whole lot of governance in this in this particular activity that was going on in terms of ensuring that that was like a truthful representation of what was happening or yeah i i think they've probably reestablished the way that they're going to monitor this Mm -hmm. i do know a particular individual who is being accused of doing this oh no currently he's being audited i I said he i didn't mean to say (laughs) but um it could be a her i I don't want to give them their position away (laughs) um but they're no they're they're being audited for this particular thing because they've just moved too many times. Right. And they've just raised the flag. I don't think they're going to be paying any back taxes or whatever, but I think, I think it's interesting to note that they've been flagged. Right. So if you've done this in the past. And hoping uh, that it won't be, you know, raise any suspicions to try and avoid some of those taxes. Yeah. Try maybe try not doing that. Right. <laughs> the other part of this that wasn't really defined very well on the Chartered of Professional Accountants website was the GST part of it, um, which there's a little bit of a change to the GST policy in that, but there's not a lot of information about it. And I've been told by uh, my accountant, who I personally asked about this to try and define this better for me, um, is that the tax laws around GST and, and uh, residential property is many, many, many chapters deep Ooh. and it's, it has many, many levels and it's just not something that could be easily defined on a really cool podcast just like the one we're having right a, now. Kind of a, a thick and dry topic. Yeah. <laughs> not sexy. Not sexy. Um, there are some exemptions. Should we talk about the exemptions? There is some exemptions to this rule. Yeah. Um, 
if your intent was pure and you purchased a property, but um, you had to dispose of that property within 12 months due to death, uh, death of the taxpayer or a related person. Trying to find that. Yeah, that's loose. Um, there's also a, an exemption to personal safety. Mm-hmm. So if there was a threat to personal safe, safety, um, domestic violence, uh, disposition of taxpayer or related person suffering from a serious disability or illness, mm-hmm. employment change, insolvency. Yep. Um, and birth. Birth. New babies. New babies. So separation. If you're planning a baby and you want to do a flip, you want to get that in right ahead of conception. Maybe that's really yeah. You could could time it. We need another bedroom. (laughs) We happen to renovate this in four months. You could time it to look one way. And you know, I suppose too, if you were in the house flipping industry, or you know, for some people that's their job. Like they don't even have nine to five employment. That's like how they make money. If you held on to that property then for 366 days before selling it, you would be out of the danger zone. Well, that's not true. Never mind. There's an intent factor there. Yes, you're right. You're right. I don't know how they prove that, but I think if nobody moved in and Mm -hmm. I don't know, that's really, it's, you know, I, I can tell you for matter of fact, Flipping houses ain't easy, okay? (laughs) And it's for the lighthearted. It's it's harder and harder all the time. Like a house under a million bucks, everybody's looking at it. Mm -hmm. Every potential flipper, everybody who has some money saved away in a bank account is thinking that that's a potentially good investment. Right. So when everybody is looking to do a similar thing, it tends to weaken that market, like weaken the profitability of it mm-hmm. because you have, because it's such a, an aggressive market. It's, there's aggressive demand for that. Yeah. And if like, if, if you find a gem to flip, you might be competing for it then. Or... And there's going to be a lot of Mr. Flippers and Mrs. Flippers that have probably already glazed over it mm-hmm. and they could drive up the value of that property based on its potential. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've always said the best way to make money in real estate if you're trying to flip a house is to find a problem with that particular house that's that only you can solve oh. or only you are willing to solve. Oh, like can you give an example? So if you had a property, I wish I had time to think about this, but <laughs> if you had a property that needed a roof and windows and a kitchen and flooring and paint, like that's... Handy people can pull that off. Mm-hmm. But let's say you had a property that had a major structural component problem. Yeah. Foundation wise. Mm-hmm. And maybe the city has overseen that property and it deemed that to be unsafe without, you know, an engineer to mm-hmm. solve the problem. It's like a big problem to most people. Yeah. And there's a lot of unknowns to that problem. And the average person's probably going to shy away from that that might be where there's a potential to make more money on that deal. Yeah. If you are able to solve the problem. Okay. Sometimes it's a a layout that's very poor, very limiting, and it will shutter away a lot of potential uh, people. Mm -hmm. You know, they might look at a house that has a seven foot ceiling and think we're never going to get this house to the next level because 
you know, we literally have to take the roof off and new trusses and that's outside of our work scope. Right. Well, then you start to open up, you know, your potential and limit the competition who's going to take on that, you know, that, that problem. Okay. But it's not for the faint of heart. It is not for the faint of heart. <laughs> Even like having tenants in and the tenants are giving, you know, a particular landlord problems. That might be something that somebody doesn't want to take on. And it's a problem that's yeah. for real for somebody. And <laughs> someone else might have that managerial experience or skill set that they're willing to ta- tackle it. And that becomes advantageous to them. Yeah. The edge. Yeah. I think the other one that this is probably one of the more important ones is in our particular market, you know, median house price is sitting at 730 to 750. I don't know. Every day it seems to be a little bit different, but somewhere in that range. That's where everybody's looking. Mm-hmm. That's the price point that this blue collar community can sort of afford to flip. But if you were looking at ranches, 2 million plus, large acreages, mm-hmm. um, maybe really expensive homes, there's a higher rate of potential there. Interesting. Because there's no definitive way to evaluate a $2.7 million house and a $2.8 million house. But there is plenty that could identify the difference between a $600,000 house and a $675,000 Right. House. Okay. I mean, that's a different ball game, though. Like, you'd have way less, probably, I assume, less competition <laughs> looking at it. It's maybe over a problem that you can solve. Plus. Right? Like, it, it might be a way to add value that you can do it. Money. And others are not looking in that direction. Right. And, and you know... I hate to say it, but like money does solve a lot of these issues. Like maybe not about the tenancy thing or being what a clever. superficial thing to say. Uh, I'm say. just call it like I see it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's the world we live in, Parker. <laughs> money is not everything, but it, it's no, up but there it with sure oxygen. No, it sure does seem to be the problem solver. So it can do some damage. Yeah. Sure. And you know, I know like we're talking about the house flipping tax that is in effect now and like. Taxes, yeah, having a good accountant can help you be playing the tax game right and benefit from it without being shysty. Like, I don't mean fraud. I mean, like, having... There is a game to taxes and claiming money where you, you... you may not, it may not be obvious until you've got somebody working for you professionally to... Yeah, there's definitely advantages to having somebody who does that for a living to evaluate particulars that, Mm -hmm. you know, could be advantageous. We talked about this before we started the podcast was like how there is a very unique way that corporations can depreciate assets that are appreciating, but you're, you're getting a tax benefit year to year on a building that you may own. And then when you sell that building to, to, to save against, a large capital gains expense, you would just do a renovation and get that equity back up mm-hmm. because so that, the equity was in real life was never lost, right? Right. Your, the asset actually appreciated in value, but right. you depreciated it because you needed a roof and some new doors and a window. And you took short-term tax breaks throughout the process of that for later, the tax man thinking later they will get you. <laughs> Uh, but you could do a, a, a large renovation, which is also a tax benefit, get that value back up and mm-hmm. then sell it. And the capital gains isn't going to be as distinct. Right. The game. The game. Death and taxes. Yes. It's the only thing we know for sure. 
The difference is death. We don't know when it's coming, but tax, this tax <laughs> thing is in effect. It's actually it's already here. here. Yeah, yeah. Good point. Okay. Cool. So that's our tidbit for this week. And uh, stay tuned next week as we have a pretty wicked podcast coming your way. So thanks for joining us today on the Kamloops Real Estate Insider Podcast. Bye. Bye.